0: podcast. My name is Trisha Friedman. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. This episode goes out to all of my fellow book lovers. If you're an avid reader, if you are looking for your next best read, I think this episode is going to delight. Before we dig into that conversation, we do have a little bit of business mind the gap is a free online conference on lgbtqia research over two days postgraduate researchers and community organizers from around the world present on the work that they do in a variety of disciplines from looking at lgbtqia education to media representation to innovative and creative ways of community building Participation as an audience member is completely free and open to people outside of academia as well. For more information, contact the organizers on at MTG Conference on Twitter and Instagram. See our show notes for more. Folks, you can learn all about Signing up for the Mind the Gap conference in the show notes. And in the show notes, there are loads of resources about today's guest. We talk about, of course, the power of indie bookstores. We talk about the role that we can all play in amplifying more inclusive books and we talk about the intersection of reading and social media. So for anybody who has a librarian friend in their life, this is a great episode to share with them as well. Enjoy our conversation.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Lainey Rose Riser, and I am the assistant store manager at East City Bookshop in Washington, DC. Um, I also run our store's TikTok and help with their social media and events. And um, I also am on TikTok myself at the Laney Rose where I run a uh, book talk, content creating kind of TikTok, where I talk a lot about queer books,
0: and all of those links are going to be over there in the show notes. Because, dear listeners, if you are not following them uh, and you are a an avid reader, a lover of books, they uh, you know a- again quality content coming there. So, thank you so much for giving up some of your time. I'd actually love for us to start off by exploring the key values for East City Bookshop. They include building community, inclusion, and representation, and allyship. Um, I wonder if you might speak to how those values show up in the ongoing operations and the work that you do with East City.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what I really love about our values at the store is that we came up with them as a staff. Like the entire staff worked together and like workshop together these values, so that we were all standing for something that we believed in Um, and we have a saying at the shop that we want every customer who walks in to be able to find a book on multiple shelves and multiple sections that represents themselves and their own identities and life experiences and we also want that to reflect our events calendar like when we are deciding what events to pick we're like okay have we have we been picking events that are diverse or have we been picking a lot of events with white authors and we should, you know, really strive to find some BIPOC authors and have we, you know, not done a queer event for a while? Like, are we making sure that we are actively representing the people in our neighborhood? Cause we're a community focused bookstore. Um, and we also do a lot of work with the uh, local schools, fun fact, um, in the past year we have with our community donated almost 700 books to uh local schools and community aid groups so with everything that our store is doing we are trying to actively stand by those values and actively give back to our community
0: that's like it's just so affirming to hear that and you know i i think that indie bookshops have just such a an amazing place and role to play in the community. So again, listeners, I'm going to link to those values. It's just wonderful to hear that they were developed as a staff. I mean, I don't know of many businesses that that do it that way. I think often it's sort of you know there are folks away in a room who make that decision and then everybody else just deals with it. So that's that's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Um, East yeah. City also hosts a whole range, like quite a lengthy list of book clubs. I'd like us just to focus for this conversation on the Queering the Narrative group. As one of the hosts, what can you tell us about the club's sort of like superhero origin story, if you will? Um, And I'm wondering if you might point us just to a few of the reads that you're most excited to see the club engage with, or, or perhaps in the past, some of the books that you think have generated some of the more memorable gatherings?
1: So Queering the Narrative has been in my mind's eye since I started working at the store. Probably my first week at the store a year and a half ago, I was like, wow, it would be so great if we had a queer book club. And all my bosses were like, yeah, that would be great. Do you want to start it? And I was still nervous because I was new. So I was like, uh, I don't really know. And a few more months went by and our book club coordinator was like, hey, did you still want to start that queer book club? And I was like, uh, I don't really know. I don't really know that I have what it takes to run a whole book club by myself. And then like a year went by. They're like, we're still waiting for you. If you want to start that queer book club, it's all on you. Um, and it wasn't until we hired my coworker, KT, that I was like, oh, they're also a queer reader that would be so enthusiastic about this like "Mm, now that there's another person and it wouldn't just be me let's think about this and what's really unique about our club in comparison to the 13 others we have is that we don't pick just one book per month we pick an entire genre and then all of our readers can pick any queer book or by a queer author within that genre that they like and we come together and discuss it um so I always struggled with the idea of only picking one book because it was like, well, there are so many different queer experiences out there. How can you pick just one to represent, you know, an entire genre, an entire group of people. So what's been really great about having it be, you know, you can pick whatever book you want, as long as it's gay, um, is that it's really allowed a variety of experiences to be discussed in our meetings. um, And it's allowed for us to discuss more genre uh, generally the genres we're discussing. So uh, last month we discussed adult romance and we had so many wonderful conversations about, um, you know, how stakes for queer characters are different in historical romances versus contemporary romances. And what does it mean for us as readers? How does it feel for us as readers when the conflict of the book is the queerness of the characters or when the conflict is not related to the queerness at all? So it's been great to like get to de- get together and discuss all of these books that we've been reading. And next month we're picking literary fiction, which should be a really fantastic time. And we've got, you know, up on the docket, like adult science fiction, fantasy, young adult contemporary, graphic novels, poetry, like all the different ways that queer stories can be told. And it's been really fantastic to just get a group of queer readers in the room and discuss our identities and the way queerness is told and the way we experience it in the stories we're reading. And it's just been really phenomenal so far.
0: I love the setup for the book club in that way too, because, and I I don't know if this is just sort of like a, a happy bonus, but I'm imagining what it does too, is I'm hearing somebody talk about another book that maybe I didn't pick and now I also want to read that one. So kind of like the fractal of readership, um, you know, just, just kind of expanding is, I think, another another bonus. And I feel like it really respects the agency of readers. You know, for me, that's been an obstacle to certain book groups is like, I, I love reading, but I also do want some what of a, a say and a, a decision in terms of what'm I'm, what I'm consuming. So that giving folks the option I think is always a great thing. I, I really like that as a design feature.
1: Yeah, that was a big thing for me as well because I hate being told what to do. So I was like, well I don't if, if I have to read a book, I'm not gonna. But if it's like oh well, I just need to read like a fantasy book at some point in the next three weeks. I'm like, I can do that, absolutely. So, and it definitely has like, we we have our meetings in the shop. And so afterwards our, our members can kind of browse around and they're like, oh, well you said some really good things about that book, so I'll get that one. Oh, I, I love what you said about that book. So it's it's been really fun to just gather everyone together yeah that sounds that sounds absolutely fantastic and
0: again listeners um the link to queering the narrative will be in the show notes i think it's a great resource people who are listening and you're thinking about your next best read um again
1: it it is a wonderful list that you have over there so even though you know we know that everyone can't make it to our meetings but if you sign up for our mailing list we do send out a monthly newsletter where we where myself or uh, my coworker kt like gives fun little queer bookish anecdotes and news updates. And we send out an entire list of our favorite queer new releases that are coming out that month. So even if you can't make it to the club, if you sign up for our mailing list, you can get all sorts of fun things. I love that. I didn't
0: know about that newsletter. As soon as we get off this call, I will be um, one of your, your newest subscribers. Thank you so much for letting us know about that. Yeah. Um, I also, I have to thank you for the content that you're producing on TikTok. For somebody who might not be following you, um, and you have like a pretty significant following, so congratulations on that. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you're using that platform and how it intersects with the
1: work that you do with East City? So my tagline on TikTok is your favorite lesbian bookseller. And I like to think that I've created a positive, safe space for people to learn about different books and get excited with me, um, because I don't do negative reviews. I don't do, um, I don't post about books that I haven't read. So I'm only sharing books that I'm genuinely excited about. Uh, and so as a bookseller tying into that, you know, a lot of the times I'm posting about advanced readers copies. So I'm posting about books that don't come out for another, four to six months. And I will often make a multiple videos about, you know, an arc that I'm particularly, arc being advanced reader copy, uh, that I'm particularly excited about so that I can, you know, be like, okay, we're six months out. I'm still really excited about it. Oh, the book comes out next week. I'm really excited about it. Hey, the book is out. You should go get this now. Um, and I wouldn't have access to those advanced readers copies if I didn't need them for work because so much of book selling is knowing the stock that we have. So, having access to those advanced readers copies is important for my job. And then I've been able to take a step further and like scream with people that I'm excited about it. And so that's been really fun. And I've also been able to use my platform to kind of point people in the direction of East City for a lot of pre-order campaigns. Um, I've done several different pre-order campaigns for If This Gets Out by Sophie Gonzalez and Cale Dietrich and Never Been Kissed by Timothy Janowski and Love Another Disasters by Anita Kelly, quite a few books that, um, I've been able to like go to my platform and my followers be like, Hey, I genuinely really like this book. You should order it from the store I work at and we'll send you some cool pre-order swag. Um, and that has been a really good way to kind of bridge the worlds together and, um, help books that I love to really succeed. And also, you know, bring some business to the store and help us get some, like, you know, loyal customers who know that like, we're doing the work and we're putting it in and we're making sure that people are finding inclusive books um so it's been really fun and to to bridge the two together because originally I was like no my coworkers can't know I have a TikTok and then it was like okay that's kind of unavoidable at this point. <laughs> and I I feel
0: like you know book TikTok has grown so much and I I have been seeing actually in in bookstores sometimes they will have a section of just what's hot on TikTok right now. Um, so again, I I think anything that's encouraging and inspiring people to read is often a good thing, and I'm glad that you brought up the pre-orders. I I you know hadn't realized until somewhat recently, and I was talking with Ernest Owens a few episodes back about how significant those pre-orders are for authors, and um, you know how much they sort of play a role in the success of the book, and I I really hadn't recognized. The benefit that it is, you know, if you can put in for a pre-order of a text that you really should do it, that um, it's such an important metric. I had no idea about that before.
1: Yeah, pre-orders are huge and it's it's been really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's been really gratifying to be able to use my platform to share books that I'm excited about with people before their publication date. Um, because I think that helps gain a book's following and helps people get excited about th- for things in the future. Um, you know, I've been posting my books that come out in November, and it's like, well, I know it's a few months, but trust me, it's worth the wait. Yeah, and
0: again, I think especially listeners of this show will agree that, you know, if we want more narratives that are, again, focusing on LGBTQ plus authors, writers, narratives, us getting excited about them and, and amplifying them is so important. So, um, again, your account is a great one to follow, to share with others. So thank you so much for creating that, um, for lesbian visibility day, you shared a gorgeous stack of books with lesbian characters on your Instagram. I'll link to that post in the show notes. And as the lesbian bookseller, I I wonder, you know, if you sort of feel a great responsibility, I am, I'm taking a little bit of a guess here you know it, it's in part your job to be in the know about upcoming books and i'm wondering if you might just take us behind the curtain a little bit and tell us how you organize your reading and and what you're doing to you know find that next must read book tell well, us all your secrets
1: <laughs> all my secrets that's why my hair is so big it's full of secrets um the number one resource that i use for literally everything is lgbtqreads.com it is run by dahlia adler uh, who wrote uh, cool for the summer and home Field advantage and a bunch of other amazing books um, and that website twice a year she puts out two different posts that are the upcoming new queer releases from january to june and from J- july to december for both adult and young adult and that is my Bible. That is what I refer back to on almost a daily basis. Um, it's so cohesive and it really, you know helps me know what's coming out before I see it on, you know, our advanced reader copy shelf at work. Um so that is like my number one resource that I use for finding new books. And as far as we're feeling a great responsibility, I do feel a responsibility for all the sapphic and lesbian books out there. Because like you said, you know, as the bookseller, I, I, I want to have a broad knowledge of everything that we have in the store. But in particular, you know, I want to make sure that we're representing the sapphic books. And I want to make sure that, you know, there's so much discourse all the time on TikTok about, oh, well, lesbian books don't sell as much. And there's no good sapphic books. And this, that, the other thing. And so I do feel a certain level of responsibility to be like, no, there are. There's a ton. If you would, you know, spend three seconds Googling, you would see that isn't true. And I feel like a lot of myself and other sapphic book talkers out there, you know, it's kind of what our mission is and be like, no, there are good sapphic books out there and there are several more coming out in the future. Um, And being a kind of resource for that, but also being a safe space for the sapphic readers who genuinely don't realize that there are such a, a wide variety of sapphic books out there it's like no trust me i can give you 10 books with lesbian characters right here right here right now um so it it's a responsibility but it's also fun and it's also kind of uh i don't want to call it defensive but again there's just so much like oh well there isn't that there isn't sapphic books there are no lesbian characters blah 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 it's like no there are I promise there are. I will. I will show you that there are.
0: <laughs> I. I really appreciate that. And uh, you know, fun fact, Dahlia is actually going to be on the podcast next week. So, um, listeners, I swear this wasn't a, a setup like that. I'm so happy that you referenced that because, again, uh, <clears throat> again, the work that she's doing, her site, her social media as well, is a is a gift. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because I hear that all the time from folks too about like. Okay, well, I know Patricia Highsmith and dot dot dot, and I think it is once you have um, you know a few folks in your feed like yourself who are doing that work, you realize there are more books than you can get through in a season. Um, we do have a lot of choice, and if we want more, you know, as we were mentioning earlier, it's so important that we're showing up as readers that we're endorsing, amplifying. Um, you know, because I think the reality of the publishing world is it's changing, but I don't know that I would say it's changed, if that makes sense. (laughs) So again, you know, thank you so much for coming on the show. Listeners, head over to the show notes, dive into all of those links. Um, And again, I just look forward to seeing what you continue to do. And um, I'm so glad that indie bookstores exist in the world and also listeners if we want those to continue to exist we need to show up celebrate and support them as well so thank you so much
1: thank you so much for having me this was an absolute delight
0: (laughs) thank you so much for taking time and listening to this episode the podcast that you're listening to right now was featured on feedspot as one of their top 100 lgbtq podcasts um i i I'm really proud of that, and that has come as the result of listeners like you sharing, rating, and leaving reviews for the podcast. So if you've not taken a moment to rate or review the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could. If you're interested in this podcast, you might also be interested in the latest podcast from Lynns Amer here in closing as a trailer for that great podcast. Check it out if you haven't done so already.
2: Hi friends! Welcome to Rainbow Parenting, a brand new queer and gender-affirming parenting podcast. But this show isn't just for parents. It's also for educators, caregivers, librarians, really anyone who knows, loves, and works with kids. I'm your host, Lynns Amer. I'm the creator of Queer Kids Stuff, and I make queer and trans media for kids and families all over the internet. Most of the stuff I make is for kids, but this time I'm talking to you, the grown-ups. Queer Kid Stuff is the kind of show I wish I had when I was a confused little queer and trans kid who didn't have the language to express who I am. But this show is all about what I wish my parents and teachers and caregivers knew when they were raising me so they could have helped me along the way. Rainbow Parenting gives you the tools and strategies and know-how you need to raise kids in a queer and gender-affirming way, even if you don't know how. Me and a whole bunch of my friends and experts in the field are going to help you navigate LGBTQ plus and social justice topics with the kids in your lives. We're on a mission to spread queer joy and raise a new generation of supported and affirmed queer, trans, and non-binary kids and their allies. Our first episode drops on May 30th and we'll upload new episodes every Monday through early August. That's all
1: we've got for now. Talk soon.